1: Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott, how are you? I am good, James. How are you this week? I am good again this week. Nice. We have been getting a lot of questions um, in one way or another, either from people responding to the podcast or just clients about real estate. Mhm. And here's some thing that I hear a lot. This this general phrase. Mm-hmm. Now the details are different but the general phrase. People come to me and they cannot wait to buy a home because their parents bought a home for $300,000 30 years ago, now it's worth a million bucks. Wow. It's amazing, right? Mhm. Well, and they can't wait to do that. Like they the every day they don't buy a home, they are missing out on that type of an experience. Mm. And that is amazing, until we look at the numbers and we pull out a basic calculator and we see that what that was is that that was a four percent rate of return. Yeah, it's not that exciting. Yeah, it's, it's a little more than inflation. <laughs> yeah. Now that's great because, like we we're saying, that's 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 when you compound that on a big number, like three hundred thousand a million. That's a big amount. Totally. But that it was over thirty years. Yeah. And so people see that, and they that's kind of their driving factor in wanting to own a home. Okay and what we want to talk about is should that be the driving factor.
0: Yeah, and I think that you're what you're getting at. It's kind of two-sided there, right? Like people are excited about the appreciation they saw, but they're also fearful of that appreciation like 2 years in the future or yeah. 5 years in the future. Yeah, Like it's going to be un- unattainable, unreachable. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things we could speak to big picture from there momentarily before we dive in because I, I think where we ultimately want to head with this conversation is does it make sense to rent or does it make sense to buy? Mm-hmm. And depending on where you are in the country and depending on what your ultimate goals in life are, you come to a lot of different conclusions and we'll get to those. To your to your friend who had like the mom and dad bought a house for 300K 30 years ago and now it's worth a million. Um, did they ask mom and dad what the interest rate rate was on their house when they got it 30 years ago? <laughs> I don't know. I, be bet they, question, I bet they didn't. But 30 years ago, interest rates would have been in the high teens. And interest rates have been going down over the last 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. And because of that, a lot of the real estate prices have risen the way that they have. Which so, is
1: because because it's cheaper because to just, own a just home. Just pretend
0: for a second that you can, only, you can get a mortgage at 20%, mm-hmm. right? Well, all of a sudden, the amount that you can borrow is not a lot. Right. Because no one's going to lend to you more than you can afford to pay back. Right. Mm -hmm. But as interest rates go down, all of a sudden, everyone can afford to to get more money from the bank. Right. Right. And so that helps bring up house prices was one of the things that happened. It'll be interesting to see if interest rates ever do go back up, what that will do to home prices, because people can't afford to go get more money to lend. Right. 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 So that'll be one, that's just one caveat for that conversation. But why don't we think through, um, should you rent or should you buy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, And there's so many variables to this decision. And now we're here recording in San Diego where home prices are significantly higher than they are in other parts of the country. Right. So there's, there's, there's no, there's no magic formula to plug numbers into and see if it makes sense to rent or to buy.
0: Well, and here's the thing, like when you go buy a house, Sometimes people like to think of it as an investment, but it's kind of, it's an emotional investment more so than it's an economic investment, in my opinion. That's the American dream, Scott. Right. It is the American dream to own own your own home, right? (laughs) Uh, That's what we, that's what we tell ourselves all the time. But I mean, the thing is when you go look at the math of it, um, you can actually be far better off renting in a lot of really higher, like, Metropolitan areas? Yeah. Then you can buying. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, th- well, I'll use an example. My brother lives in Midland, Texas, just moved to Houston, and he bought a home in Midland, Texas for a little over $300,000 and rents it out for $45,000 per year. Wow, that's a great return. That's a great return. That's an amazing investment. Regardless of what the home does in terms of appreciation, it's going to pay for itself in about eight years. Yeah. Now, here in San Diego, you're not going to have that same ratio between how much you could buy a home for and how much you could rent it out for. In some cases, in bigger cities—San Francisco, LA, San Diego, New York—not always, but in some cases, renting can be cheaper. Yeah. Um. So what we're getting at here is it's it's so hard to do the dis- to make this distinction or to make this decision using a rule of thumb yeah. or or just kind of given a formula that says here's when you should buy, here's when you should rent. Right. So I think what we want to talk about in general is kind of debunk that myth that just because parents bought something or grandparents bought something 30 years ago, 40 years ago for one price and now it's worth this price, that I think that that tricks people into thinking that real estate's this thing that appreciates far more than everything else.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I forget who said it, but someone said it and it made me laugh because I've been a homeowner for a long time. Um, they said something to the effect of like, "of uh, your home is a liability that masquerades itself as an asset. Yeah. Right. Which is true. Like we have to put people when we think about owning a house, like right. Like if we if you just go rent something, you're going to go rent something and you're going to pay a sum doll. Let's I don't know. I don't know what it uh I'm. How much can you rent? What are you guys renting your place for now? 28. ish, 28. Okay, so let's just say yeah. three grand, three grand around this Encinitas area for how many bedrooms is that? Two bedroom, two bedrooms. Okay, cool. And so, if you wanted to go buy in that price range around here, you'd probably be in the six hundred or seven hundred grand range. Oh, uh, much quick. more than that, yeah. million dollar range. Yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then it's like if you go if you go look at a million dollar house and you want to have like a, uh, if you can just put two hundred grand down <laughs> on your home and have an eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage. You're already paying way more than yeah. you're paying now. And yeah. you're not even paying property taxes yet or yeah. homeowner's insurance yet. Or you're paying for the maintenance of the house. Right. right? Someone has to trim the trees. Right. Someone has to paint the place. Right. Like there's all this stuff that has to happen. And so there, there are neighborhoods where renting makes far more sense than buying from an economic standpoint. Yeah. I don't want that doesn't detract people from still buying a home, but know that you're not doing it just to go make
1: money. Well, and that's a great point we're talking about the financial side here and there's so much more to buying a home than just the financial side right it's a place to raise a family it's a place where you can have the security of not worrying about what the landlord's going to do with the place there's so much to it right that that it's your home and there's something to be said about that um and so take this with a grain of salt we are purely talking about the financial side and financially historically homes have appreciated about four percent or so per year yeah um which which is, again, not bad considering you got a place to live while it was appreciating that much. But it's not the incredible be-all, end-all investment as a homeowner that sometimes people make it out to be.
0: Yeah, I mean one way you could think of that is like um, – so whenever when someone does come into the office and they want to go buy a house, one of the first things I have them do is find out how much they're paying in rent. And then I have them get an understanding of what they want to go ahead and pay in um, – what, how much of a house they would want to buy, yep. right? Because once we know how much you want to buy, let's just assume we're going to save for the down payment and not worry about that. The down payment's going to get covered. How much is the mortgage going to cost? Mm-hmm. How much is insurance going to cost? And how much your tax is going to be? All rolled up into one. And what's the difference between that number and what you're paying in rent right now? Whatever that difference is, I make them start saving it immediately mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. start living into the fact that you just moved into that house. Yeah. Uh, and now you have to make sure you can cover it Yeah, because far better to do it now than to do it after you've bought the house Yeah, and have to go unwind it and pay a 6% commission
1: to unwind it. Right. Right. Totally agree. Totally agree. And so from an investment standpoint, and again, it's more than just an invest investment, um, there, there's a ton of benefits to real estate, to owning a home, but it's not necessarily the best investment. Now, where I want to go to with this is what about real estate as an investment property. So not necessarily your home or your your dwelling, but using it as an investment property. So can we go there? Do you want to add anything else to the initial conversation? The
0: only thing I would want to add to it is if because if some people still want to think about their house as an investment, take that difference that I just gave you. Yes. And go put that into a little financial calculator real quick and start saving that every single month and putting it into a, a portfolio that's gonna earn you. I don't know well the s and p long terms earn ten percent per year, so let's just assume you want to go let's just make it really simple for this moment right now. Let's assume you wanna go put that away and earn ten percent per year for the next thirty years and look at what that number is thirty years from now, yeah, and then look at and allow that four percent rate of growth to happen on that home purchase instead and look at the difference, yeah. You'll you'll see the difference.
1: It's it's pretty incredible. But
0: that's only financial. It's not looking at all the emotional things that come into owning a home. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Yeah,
1: before we get all the hate mail from the, the um you know people who love love their homes. Yes, we love homes too. <laughs> I, I love my home. I got I you own a home and you love it. I, I don't own a home yet, but I plan to. So that's not to say this is uh we're we're not homeowner bashing right now at all. Right. Um. What about as an investment? property because a lot of people you know we just talked about home ownership for something you can live in when you own it as an investment property it's a little bit of a different conversation um and people ask is it good to own investment property Mm -hmm. and i think the first question you have to ask is well compared to what right and what you just mentioned is is, is i think great comparison is let's just start with a comparison to the s&p 500 Mm-hmm. So if we are going to treat it as an investment, so not the place where you're going to live, but purely for the financial benefits, um, the S&P 500 long-term is average 10% per year. Right. That is truly passive investing. There's nothing that you have to do. There's no effort you have to put in for that 10% to happen. Now, you have to have some emotional kind of courage to, to weather some ups and downs, but there's nothing you have to do. With investment property, there's a lot that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you the, you are a landlord. You're responsible for a lot. That's either sweat equity or it's just time or it's stuff that you're putting in. So if you're going to do that, from my perspective, and I want to hear your thoughts too, Scott, you, I'm going to tell a client you better be returning a lot more than 10% per year if you're going to do this. Otherwise, why, why take on this hassle when you could just get S&P 500 type returns?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm on board with you there. It, it's a matter of when you when you to me when you think about real estate real estate is as we a lot of people come to it and li, like it because it's this building that's not going to move and they can they can they could live in it if they needed to right it's like this thing we can tangibly touch so we really like it but the thing that we miss is it's it's also illiquid it's really hard to sell right mm-hmm. Um it's really hard we have to fix it we have to keep it running we have to, someone has to maintain it someone has to run the property so there's all these things that come into it that you have to ask yourself who's going to do that and if they're going to do that how much am I going to pay them and how's that going to affect my return returns from real estate really come in two ways they come in appreciation meaning you bought the building for 100k and you know 30 years from now it's worth 500k or um you've earned money by someone living in it Right. And so those those two things combined, you really want to see a return that's greater than what you could do with your money in other ways. Right. Rather simplistically. Right. Because otherwise you're just choosing to make your life hard for no reason. Right. So I would want to agree with you that I would want to see a rate of return above what you should be able to get in markets on average. Right. Now, there's there's something to be said for having some form of real estate. But the other big thing that happens, and in all honesty, you can take it as far back, you can get biblical with it and take it as far back to the Talmud, um, the the Jewish uh, writings Judea, from Judaism, where it was essentially like, keep a third of your money essentially in cash, keep a third of it in, you could call it real estate, and keep a third of it in equities. And if you always do that, you'll probably be okay. There's actually a lot of, of smarts to that. The issue is if you have a, a home in Southern California you have more than a third, more than likely, of your assets already sitting in real estate. Yeah. So now you you putting money into real estate to create passive income to make it so it's okay for you to retire someday. You're probably thinking you're going to get this big rate of return or all this cash flow, but it normally doesn't pan out the way that we want it to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. I, I probably think I went a lot of different ways there. No, so. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just I'm so caught up in, the, in your wisdom. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, now, let's use an example. Let's say you want to buy a $600,000 home and rent it out. Okay, so you buy a $600,000 home. Let's assume that it appreciates at 5% per year. Yeah. And we can look at what certain areas have done historically, but there's really, um, I don't know, you may think differently, but that's not... I hear all the time, real the estate average. never goes down. It does go down. Just sure. like anything else, goes down. Now yeah. the long term trend is upward, but it will yeah. go down. But let's assume five percent. Um, now let's assume that six hundred thousand dollar home generates thirty thousand per year in rents. So another another five 5%. percent. Another five percent. Okay. So what you have is appreciation of five percent plus five percent just income from the, that property. The
0: problem with the income is the income is not really thirty grand. Or pardon me, did you say it was five percent, so thirty grand? 5%, uh-huh. The problem is gonna be that you're gonna be paying if you carry a mortgage, mortgage interest, you're gonna pay mm-hmm. property taxes. You might have a property manager helping you manage the property or you're doing it yourself. If you're doing it yourself, think of that home on an hourly basis and how many hours you put into it Mm -hmm. and divide that out and give yourself an hourly rate. It typically becomes a lot lower than we think it is. And then you have like maintenance issues, insurance costs, things like that are all going into the house. So you're probably not making 30
1: you're probably not making 30 in that example. No. Yeah, Yeah. so you'd have to back that out. So let's assume that's all backed out. you got okay. 5%, mm-hmm. which may not be realistic, but just to, to s- assume here. You're looking at a 10% rate of return there. Yeah. So at that point, you are getting what just investments in the top companies in America around the world have averaged historically. Right. Now, if you love real estate, that's fine. Um, If it's me doing this, I'm going to take the low effort option and just say, why not just invest that money and not worry about the hassle? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if you get more in rent or if you appreciate it more than 5% per year, and there's other benefits like depreciation and some tax benefits you can get from that standpoint. But- uh, you need to you. Th- I think the point is you need to do the analysis of compare what you think you're going to get from your real estate property going forward yeah. versus what could you get elsewhere, and that's r- the, really the place you want to start.
0: Well, and the other issues that you can dive into pretty quickly are um, what we see. What I see commonly when I look at rental real estate for clients is that the there's a number we look for called the capitalization rate, the cap rate, which is taking the net operating income of a rental property, which is basically taking all the costs of the rental property, but the mortgage, and but depreciation. Mm-hmm. And then looking at um, taking that number and and basically dividing it by the value of the property to see mm-hmm. what would it be worth if we were to go sell it to someone else today? How much could they generate off of this? And that's right. one part of what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. appreciation is hard to understand, but cap rates are easy to understand yeah. really quickly. Cap rates are typically, in I, what I see for single family homes um, around Southern California are typically in the anywhere from the three to five percent range mm-hmm. and then if you put on top of that that it's earning three to four percent per year you're sitting somewhere between six and nine percent mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. a year so it's really not that great mm-hmm. um when you look at the rate of return that you're getting relative to other options
1: yeah and now some people if you know they're gonna have the people that jump in and say oh, well you can leverage it you know you're borrowing money to make money and and you are you know that that does add to the rate of return helps with the appreciation for sure it does it, it does. helps with the appreciation um but you made a good point before we went on if you could leverage your investments in the stock market don't if you do that to. don't do it <laughs> you do not could not recommend do it if you that at to. all yeah. but yes you can you could do that which would increase your rate of return so long
0: as you don't get whipsawed and have to cover um but yeah the it's just it all comes back to understanding what do you ultimately want to aim for i think a lot of people come into real estate and think this is this passive thing that they can it can generate a lot for them. And in the end, it's usually a blend of real estate and investments that are going to help them get where they want to go. It's not one or the other. Yeah. Um but in Southern California typically what I'm seeing is you have so much equity in your home already that it makes it really hard to warrant going and putting a bunch more money into real estate properties. Yeah. When you go look at the cash flow of them, they just don't cash flow that well. Yeah. And when you lever them, that's great. You're levering them for yourself you're levering them almost like levering for the next generation can make a ton of sense, right? Cause mm-hmm. then you can, you're cheap money. Someone else is paying for it to grow. It's growing at three or 4% per year. That's not going to make you a lot of wealth, but if your grandkids want to make money in the future, wow, that's going to, that's going to turn out great for them. Yeah, um, But it's not necessarily going to get you where you want to go right away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think the point of this is look at this objectively and clearly. I think so many people come in with this, almost like zeal it's almost like a religious type zeal for real estate like it's a, it's everything and, and it can be a wonderful investment either as a as an investment property and it can be a great thing to live in but make sure that you're understanding it from a financial standpoint too it's well, not but, everything and
0: and to that point like real estate investment advisors um A lot of investment advisors don't look at real estate very often. A lot of it has to do with the way that they're paid. They're paid, we're paid most, like the way I always used to get paid at my old firms was through assets under management. You can't manage someone else's real estate property, right? Um, When you work on retainer and things like that, and you can help people look at how to position their assets in total, real estate can completely make sense in someone's balance sheet. But again, you're going to go look at, well, what is the rate of return that we're getting here? And does it make sense to own in Southern California or should we own that house in Midland, Texas instead? Yeah. Right? Because you're the example you gave of your brother in Midland, Texas, great, let's do that all day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But let's not go own a $600,000 property and or a $900,000 property and make... 45 grand on it. When we right. could have a $300,000 property making 45 making the same grand amount. on it, right? Yeah. Like I want the asset that works for me more, not the one that works for me less. And a lot of people get wrapped up in like, I want to own near me. Why? If you're not going to be the property manager, doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like that appreciation idea, but when you go look at the appreciation numbers, um, oftentimes they don't shake out to be a whole lot different.
1: Yeah, and and that's why this conversation is going to be so different for someone in Midland, Texas than it is here. You know, me and my brother, I'm in San Diego, he's in Midland. If we buy the S&P 500, we're buying the same thing. But if we're buying real estate near us, we're buying very different things. And so we need to keep that in mind.
0: And to become even more nuanced, though, it can honestly shake back to like you and Ashlyn looking to buy your first home. Yeah. Maybe you don't, maybe you rent here and you buy a piece of real estate in Midland, Texas and have a rental property Mm -hmm. because that actually cash flows nicely for Mm -hmm. you. And Mm -hmm. buying a house here makes virtually no sense (laughs) for you. (laughs) So it's like, it's like, how do you shape from a a financial standpoint, right? Yeah. Again, we're not talking about like people want to own a I'll tell my wife that.
1: She's like, right. I want that home. Right, yeah. exactly. But it, it, it all comes down to what what do you actually want to get at yeah. the end of the day. Exactly. Awesome. Um, let's see. Anything else you want to add to that?
0: No. I think it's an interesting conversation. And it's, you know, real estate's one where emotion comes into it really quickly. Very much so. Um, and then from a rental property standpoint, it's this concept of safety. Mm-hmm right like we're never gonna that price is never gonna go down we can
1: touch it it's there it's tangible it's never
0: gonna go down and the markets go down and i i all the time
1: right um but yeah it's 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 an interesting interesting space yeah very much awesome well thanks scott i think this is uh this is helpful for my decision of buying real estate or not to buy real estate i hope it was helpful for the audience i think we Uh, just learned that he's
0: going to set up an llc and buy homes
1: in texas i I think i'm going to get my next plane ticket to Midland, texas Mm -hmm. so brb all right awesome thanks scott thank you for listening to episode number 21 of the real personal finance podcast If you've not already done so, please subscribe to our podcast. We release a new episode every single Wednesday morning, and we want you to be the first to know. So whether you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or wherever you listen, please hit subscribe so that you can be notified every single week when a new episode comes out. If you want a list of the resources in the show notes from today's episode, please head over to our website at realpersonalfinance.co. That's realpersonalfinance.co and search for episode number 21. And if you have not done so already and you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review. We would love to hear what you think. And the more reviews that we get, the more people that can find this podcast. Finally, if you have a question that you want us to answer on a future episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance webpage, and there, there's a page, or there's a section on each page where you can submit your very own question for us to answer on a future episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.